collab with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. You're listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, the show where you gain clarity and understanding about such things as last will and testament, the probate process, trusts, and how not to lose everything you own to the high cost of the nursing home. Now here's your host, Estate Plan Stan. Hey, good day to you. Good day to you on this June the 10th, 2023. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning with your host, Estate Plan Stan. I am Stan Prochowski with Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, located on the square in beautiful downtown Pulaski, Tennessee. Bulletproof Estate Planning. This is the show where we talk about all things estate planning, right? We talk about last will and testament. We talked about revocable living trust. Uh, we, we're due to talk about special needs trust. We're, t- we're continuing on tonight with the Asset Protection Trust. And then eventually we'll get to 10 care planning, which is the pre-planning and the crisis planning that's designed to help keep you from going broke in the nursing home. As always, I encourage questions. So this show's all about education on what your options are. So if you have a question, feel free to call me at my office at 931-363-7222, or you can go to my website, estateplanstan.com. There you can find my email and you can ask that way. Or you can see my schedule and see what's going on. Now, I always enjoy doing this show here on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7 in Columbia, Tennessee. One thing you ought to know is that all my episodes are posted as podcasts on the WKOM website. So, if you ever miss one or you want to go back and review a topic, it's there for you to do so. All the podcasts have a very brief description of what I was talking about, um, but you can listen and figure that out. All right. So today, June the 10th, you know, earlier today in Lawrence County, we had our seminar at 10 o'clock this morning, and it was a great turnout. It was a great turnout. And over there in Lawrence County, I always get an inquisitive bunch. So we were there for question and answers uh, for a while. And they were good questions and, an- and good questions and, and answers. So, uh, you know, hey, that was that was fun. All right. Um what we're going to talk about today, uh, let's see, I don't, I don't have the, I know we have another seminar planned, but it escapes me when it is, so I will bring that up next Saturday, because it's not going to be for another month to six weeks anyway, so I'll bring it up next Saturday, and then you can, uh, you know, you'll be able to know when that is, so, all right, so listen, last week we were talking about this Income Only Asset Protection Trust. And I kind of told you how it worked, uh, just a brief, brief review. And that is, you know, we we take our property and we put it into an asset protection trust. We call it the Income Only Asset Protection Trust. And if you remember, I said, you got two things when you deal with assets. You got income and you got the the principal. We call it an income-only trust because income is the only thing that can come out of it that basically does not screw up the creditor protection. So that's a good way to remember it. Now, the principal, we said, you have no access to. And it has to say that because 
you know, if you have access to it, then your creditors have access to it. We want to create a situation where if we can't get access to it, then our creditors can't have access to it. And that's what makes it a foolproof way to keep the creditors from getting it. And the creditor everybody seems to be worried about is the long-term care industry, which is TenCare, okay, the nursing home. So in order to protect our life savings, our life wealth, that you and your spouse have spent all your life working for 40 years, you know, on average, creating and saving and sweating and working hard for, we don't want it to go to the cost of care. We want to leave it to our kids. Most people do. Or do, or spend it on our retirement years at least or something like that. We want to enjoy it. It's ours, right? I don't want it to go to cost of care. Not because I don't like paying my bills. It's because I've already paid for long-term care. I've been paying for it with every paycheck I ever received, every paycheck my spouse ever received, any paycheck any of my kids ever received. We're pay- we are paying for this already. If one of us goes into the nursing home, why do we have to pay again? And you shouldn't have to. So that's that's what we want. That's how that's the situation we want to create. We want to create this creditor protection so that if we do if we are unfortunate if we are unfortunate enough to go into the nursing home, then we are we have our bases covered because we have all our big ticket items are um, basically protected. And if they're protected, there's no way they can get at it. All right, so we move the property into the Asset Protection Trust, and it's protected. Now, I said the goal, the overwhelming goal here was to stay out of the nursing home for five years. If we do, then TenCare can never invade what property is in this trust. It is forever protected from them. And any other creditor for that matter. Because you remember I said, if you put property into this asset protection trust, it's protected immediately. So if you do the trust today and you put the property in tomorrow, it is protected immediately from all your creditors, except one. There's only one creditor that has this magic five-year time period, and that's TenCare. It's not protected from them until it's been in there for five years. And that has to do with them being able to exercise what the TenCare imposed as the five-year look-back rule. And we'll talk about that in a future episode because we'll probably spend a whole hour on that topic, the five-year look-back rule, because that is very misunderstood. And we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll dig into that. All right. So we put the property in. We, we're limiting. We're saying we have no access to principal, but we can have any income if it's generated all day long, right? Now, what if we need to get at the assets. Well, remember I said that when you create one of these income-only asset protection trusts, you are you are the trustor. You're the maker of the trust, and you are. There are certain trustor retained rights, and one of the most important ones is what we call the unlimited distribution, um, unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to our heirs. And remember, I said. You know, access to principal means the principal cannot come out of the trust and go directly to you, the trustor. But you can distribute principal to your heirs. And so let's just say your heirs are your children. You can distribute principal to them during your lifetime as much as you want and as often as you want. Now, think about that. You're distributing principal to them. That's the thing that you are not allowed to have, right? 
but you can give it to your kids as much as you want. So now when you give it to your kids or your heirs, you can, I mean, it is theirs. We, what we say legally is ownership is complete and it becomes theirs. And if it becomes theirs with complete ownership, that means they can do whatever the heck they want to do with it. Okay. I think the example I used on, they can invest it wisely or they can go to Tunica and blow it all on red 23. I mean, uh, the wisdom of what they decide to do with it is not anybody else's concern, but theirs. And so it's theirs. They can do what they want with. However, included in this realm of whatever they can do, either something smart or something stupid, included in this realm of what they can do is they can turn around and use it on your behalf. Okay. Now, I called that an indirect access to principle, and it's not really access at all. I use that word because it is kind of easier to understand. Technically, what it is, it's, just, it's this right. of It's a lifetime distribution of principle to a class of people which we usually define like as our descendants and that's your children and their children and things like that so we we can do this and we can then now we can kind of get at the property in the trust right so if i got a hundred thousand dollars in a bank account and it's in my asset protection trust and i need a wheelchair a new wheelchair and i want a fancy one with batteries and you know it, you name it, it it's twenty thousand dollars well, and maybe I, my income is not enough to support that, or I don't have the cash flow to buy this new wheelchair, but I need one. I can distribute $20,000 out of this bank account. Now, can I give it to myself to go get the wheelchair? No. If we do that, we have screwed the pooch. And when 10Care sees this, they're going to say, ah, I see you had access to the trust principal. And we don't want that. But we can have our trustee of the trust that could be us or it could be someone else, but the trustee can distribute it to my son. Okay, now, what happens after that is not 10Care's concern, and the courts have told them so. You know, back in the days when 10Care or men Medicaid attorneys challenged these things, because I said before, these trusts have been around for 100 years. We've been using them for asset protection from 10Care for decades. And back when it, you know, back before the ink even dried on the 10Care Act, uh, these there were challenges made to these trusts, and they, the they would the, the attorneys would argue things like, well, you know, this this giving it to your kids and them turn around and using it on your behalf, that's just a wink and a nod, and you know that's really just a way to circumvent the no access clause. <clears throat> but they're going to end up with it anyway, and the courts have shot that down, and they said no. Now I'm going to try not to make this a, a law lecture, but uh, I think. You knowing how it works is helpful, so I'm going to. I'll just keep it more general. And that is, the courts have said, if the document itself, meaning the trust, clearly and unequivocally says that the trustor, the makers of the trust, have no access to principle, and when you distribute it to these heirs, if you do not obligate them, if there's no obligation that they have to turn around and use it for you. If that's the case, then the courts say we will uphold creditor protection. Now, I'm going to say that again because that is very powerful. If the trust says no access to principal, and man, when you read my trust, they are over the top on that language. No, no way, nada, no way, Jose, under no circumstances, zip, nil, can the trustor have access to principle. 
And if there's anything in here that even looks like he has access to principle, I'm saying in this enabling clause that it's not. I mean, I, it is over the top, and it needs to be. Okay, so we got that covered. Now, nowhere in the trust do we say, okay, if I give money to my son, he has to turn around and use it on my behalf. If I say that in the trust, that's an obligation I made, and that's going to be interpreted as access. They're going to say, you have access to this because if you give it to your son, he has to turn around and use it for you. So that's the same as you getting it, and I agree with them. That's a good argument. But the courts have said if, if these people have a choice, then we'll uphold creditor protection. So in order to, to make sure that works for us, we want to have trusted people that we give these to, of course. And usually most families have no tr trouble getting people that are trusted enough to do this. But we also retain a right called the power of appointment. And that's the right to change the beneficiaries and what they get and who we can distribute this property to. So if you get a child that says, I'm not going to do that. You know, let's say I say, okay, son, I'm going I'm to give you $20,000. I want you to go buy a wheelchair for me because I need one. And he says, nah, dad, I don't think I'm going to do that because I'll just hang on to the 20000 because if I go and spend that on you, I'm just kind of taking $20,000 out of my inheritance pocket. <laughs> now, I'd like to, <laughs> I would like to think my son wouldn't say that. But he could, right? I mean, technically he could. Well, if he does, I don't want to distribute to him, right? So I can say, okay, son, I can take you off the beneficiary list. I'm going to distribute this to your sister because I know she'll do this for me. All right? That's exercising my power of appointment, which is a trust or retained right as well. And with the combination of those, I can always make this thing work, right? I mean, I can always find somebody that'll do it for me. Now, if we, so if we do it that way, the courts have said that's not access because you can't, once ownership is complete, here's the key. Once ownership is complete from the trust to one of the heirs, it is out of anybody's control what that person can do with it, okay? You can't say, I'm giving it to you, and here's what you have to spend on it. If that's the case, you're not really giving it to them. So if once you give it to them, ownership is complete. They own it. It's theirs. They do whatever they want with it. They can use it wisely. They can squander it. They can use it for your benefit. They can do whatever they want. And so we want to create this situation where they'll use it to our benefit, usually not too hard to accomplish. So now we've got this extremely powerful tool, and I like to say it this way. There's two hoops we got to jump through to make this work. So if you, if you say, hey, I want all control and all access, I'm a control freak, that's great. You can be a control freak. I can't protect your property for you if, you, if you're not willing to accept these two hoops you got to jump through. I mean, these two hoops are the fundamental nature of property law, all right? Now, the way it works is the first hoop is once you put it in the trust— it has to stay there to be creditor protected. Remember I said if you put your house in there, you can sell it. So if you sell a $200,000 house, you know, what do you get? Well, you get $200,000 in cash, right? The $200,000 in cash has to stay in the trust to be creditor protected. If you decide to take the $200,000 and buy um, stock, you can do that. Nothing's stopping you. The stock has to stay in the trust. If you want to cash in this stock and buy gold bars, you can do that. Nothing's stopping you. The gold bars have to stay in the trust. And if you decide you want to, you want to, you're tired of investing, you're going to turn around and buy another house in Florida and go down there to hang out, you can do that. But you just have to take title to the new house 
into the trust. So when you think about it, we have this box and we move this property into it, like this house, this $200,000 house. So don't think of it as the house in the box. Think of it as a $200,000 asset. And if you think about it, the $200,000 has never left the box. It doesn't matter to anybody, including TenCare, that it changes posture from land in a house to uh, uh, money to real to stocks to uh, uh, Home Depot stock or something like that. It doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter to anybody about that. That it stays. It is staying in the trust, and it hasn't changed. And if it stays in the trust, it's always creditor protected. That's the that's the beauty of it. So that's the first hoop you got to jump through. Once you put it in trust, it's got to stay there. The second hoop we got to jump through is if you ever want anything out of this trust, if you ever do want to access the principal, you have to do it using this back door where you distribute it to an heir and, the, and their ownership becomes complete and then they turn around and use it on your behalf. So if you can't live with those two things, then I can't protect your property from your creditors. It's just that simple. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have a revocable living trust. You put your property into it. You have complete control, complete access, do whatever you want at any time, and defeat your creditors. That is self-serving. The courts will not allow it. They have said so. So whether you like it, hate it, or somewhere in between, we know what the courts will enforce, and so we strive to do what we know they'll give us their stamp of approval on. And that's what I just told you about. So... Uh, I find it not very hard to do, meaning I'm about, yeah, I can get you about as close to eating your, having your cake and eating it too. I can't get you all the way there because of the laws of property, but we can get darn close. Now, when you look at that and think of it in its all its glory, you have to come to the conclusion that, man, this is a pretty powerful tool because I can put, you know, maybe I got a million-dollar house. Or maybe I got a family farm that's been in the family for 200 years and I want it to stay in the family. Well, if you don't do anything, it's going to be exposed. It's going to be at risk to this long-term care industry if you if you go into the nursing home. But if I can have the, the foresight to put this in trust, you know, now while I'm basically healthy and wait out the five years, then they can never get it. Now I can have a will or my trust, this trust will say where my property goes at death. I can do what I want with it. I can leave it to my kids and tell them they can't sell it or I can leave. You know, I can, you know, it's a trust like anything else. It will distribute property after death. But the, the big takeaway is it's going to distribute property after death with no encumbrance or no liens by the state. If you don't have a tr- asset protection trust, and you pass away owning your real estate, and you went into the nursing home and racked up a bill, they are going to exercise the Estate Recovery Act, and they're going to exercise a priority lien ahead of your kids because the state of Tennessee gets paid first. That's just the way the law is. So um, so I think, you know, if you think about this, I think you can come realize how incredibly powerful this asset protection trust can be. Now, if that doesn't convince you, I'm going to go over an example when I come back in the next segment. And it's a doozy. I think you want to tune into it because it really is powerful. Okay? So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we'll be back right after this.
Hello, WKOM and WKRM listeners. My name is Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC in Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my grandfather, Robert Parks, and my great-grandfather, Julian Mays, in 1958, over 60 years ago. Being family-owned and operated, we invest in our community. You'll see our support everywhere you go. Schools, sports, band, and even charities. We invest in our community because we live here and we love this community. Come see me and my cousin, Robert Rogers, at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC right off Nashville Highway or visit us at parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Are you suffering from knee pain despite trying usual medications and injections? If this is you, I have great news. Most common causes of knee pain are degeneration due to aging, injury, or repeated stress. In our office, we offer decompression for the knee, which increases range of motion and decreases pain in arthritic and degenerative knees. Studies have shown that this type of mechanical traction can be more effective than conventional methods alone. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call mepainfree.com or 615-551-9224. I don't know about you, but I just love doing business with small businesses. You feel appreciated when you walk in, and they know your name. At Caledonian Financial, we try very hard to appreciate our clients. We value everyone, and we reject the idea that you're not worthy of advice if you don't have a certain amount of money. We love our neighbors, all of them. This is Monty Sneed with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, you may be eligible for major financial compensation based on your service-connected disability, but be wary of the many groups that may try to exploit you for financial gain. Report suspected fraud at va.gov oig hotline. Learn about VA's list of accredited organizations at va.gov. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, and I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. Now, some of you may think I'm talking consciously a little slow tonight, and I'm doing that for a reason. 
Uh, somebody had emailed me, and they had a question, and they made some comments about the show, and they were very uh, uh, humbling comments, and they were very positive. They really liked the show. They liked what I was teaching, and they said they were learning a lot. There was a ton of information, very flattering. But they made a comment that I talk too fast sometimes, <laughs> and I know I probably do. So I, I'm, I'm making a conscious effort to slow it down. Now, if I get going fast, I usually get, I get a little fired up sometimes. And this subject matter I'm passionate about. And if I do, just forgive me, please. And I think the takeaway is the information that's coming out of it is, you know, there's no loss of that when I talk fast. But anyway, I'll try not to. So bear with me if we do. So, all right, listen, before the break, I had promised that, you know, we talked about the theory of how the income-only asset protection trust works. And we talked about how, you know, how it should work. But I promised we would do a real-life example of how it works. So maybe you can see. Now, I've kind of made the numbers easy. They're real, not real, they're real live numbers. But I tried to make them as easy as I could for radio where I can't show you a PowerPoint, right? So... So let's let me give you the backstory. Okay, here's the backstory. Had a couple. Uh, Martha was the wife, and she came to me. This is a couple of years ago, and she was concerned because her husband went into long-term care. He was in a nursing home, and back then it was like seven thousand or seventy-five hundred a month, and she was worried. You know, as right as most people would be, how the heck are we going to pay for this? And, you know, she's also concerned about what happens when he uses up all the money, and I don't have anything left to live off of. I mean, that's a concern, too. Not the primary one, but still. That's what keeps people up in the middle of the night, right? Now, here's what happened. We, were, we, were, we had to do crisis planning for him because he was already there. As we were kind of spitballing and coming up with the best um, plan, the husband passed away. So the bottom line, the husband was only there like two months or maybe three, I can't remember, but it wasn't very long. And he had passed away. Now, so they weren't out a lot of money because they private paid or Medicare was paying at the time. I don't remember. But Martha saw the writing on the wall and she thought, OK, if I go in the nursing home, you know, I, we, have a, we have an only child. We have a, 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 an only son. And I want our stuff to go to my son if, when, after I pass away. And so she was wanting to know what she could do. And so because she was out not in the home, we, you know, the, the Asset Protection Trust was the best option. Because remember, when you're not in care, that's the only option. But it's a good one. And this example is going to bear that out. So here, so we put together this trust. Now, here's what she had. Her assets were pretty typical. They had a nice home that was, was worth $400,000. And they had an Edward Jones... Uh, investment account that had 300000 in it. Now, you know, you know, those Edward Jones or Raymond James or Morgan Stanley, I mean, you can get these investment accounts where they, where they invest the money for you. You know, sometimes it's called a managed account. So what it means is you don't tell them what to buy and sell. They do that for you. You know, they buy T-bonds, T-bills, and they buy stock and they buy options and they buy mutual funds and who knows anything on the market they buy and if something's not doing well they dump it and turn put it into something else and back and forth and their job is to maximize the return right and usually if you can get a get one of those where they've got skin in the game meaning they get paid when you get paid 
or they do well when you do well. I mean, those are the best, right? So you can get one of those. And they had one, and they had been putting money in it all their lives, and they had $300,000 in it. And the other thing they had was an IRA for $100,000. Now, the IRA is, we don't put that into, into the trust. So what we decided to do was we were going to put the $800,000, I'm sorry, the $400,000 house into the trust. Because I always recommend the real estate, right? And then we put the $300,000 Edward Jones investment account into the trust. We did not put the IRA, the $100,000 IRA into the trust because those don't fit very well in these trusts. The only asset that we have trouble fitting into these trusts are these qualified funds or the tax-deferred funds, okay? And there's reason for that. And maybe one of these Saturday nights I'll spend the episode on that. But they, for now, they don't fit. I mean, you could put them in. But you got to cash them out and put the lump sum tax net value in. And that usually is cost prohibitive. So we decided not to because it was paying required minimum distributions. So she was dwindling it down and had income to live off of, right? So anyway, so we moved the $400,000 house, the $300,000 account. So we moved $700,000 into her income-only asset protection trust, right? And we kept the $100,000 thing out. Now, what we also don't put into it is your income, what you're living off of. And Martha was making about $20,000 a year income from different sources. Social Security, I think she had a pension, uh, the RMDs from the IRA. And so that's what she's living off of. So I always, you know, I said in an earlier show that what we would like to do is put into this trust what we do not anticipate needing to live off of. But it's nice to know that if we do end up needing it to live off of, we can get at it through that indirect access that we talk about. So we move that in there. Now, if you've been paying attention, I'm going to ask, what is the number one primary overwhelming goal for Mary at this point? This point, this point being, we've made the trust, we moved the property into it. We moved the house into it, we moved the investment account into it. What's the number one goal? Well, if you know, this is radio, so I can't see you put your hands up. But, um, you know, if your thoughts are she needs to stay out of the nursing home for five years, you're spot on. That's the number one primary overwhelming goal. Because if she stays out of the nursing home for five years, everything in this trust, $700,000, and that's out of an $800,000 estate. So it's, it's, it's seven-eighths of the estate is forever protected from any creditor, including TenCare, if she makes stays out for five years. Now, that's why we do it. Unfortunately for Martha, she had a stroke, and she had to stroke right at about three years or a little bit after, right in that, right in that area. Now, what, what's the effect of that? I mean, you look at it and say, uh-oh, we didn't make the five years. So we've just blown it, right? I mean, are we SOL? Is everything just for naught? And we're just screwed. Um, you know, are they going to get it now? They're going to get everything, right? Because she's in a nursing home and she didn't make the five years. Well, maybe not. You know, stay with me. This is the Paul Harvey moment, right? This is the rest of the story. Actually, she turns out looking pretty good. Really smelling like a rose, in my, in my opinion, when it's all said and done with. Even considering the fact that she didn't make the primary goal. So let's put some numbers out and let's see how that works. So she's in the nursing home. Now, let's have to make one assumption. And the assumption is, let's say her cost of care, her nursing home bill is $10,000 a month. 
Now, I told you she makes $20,000 of income and her bill is $10,000 a month. So if it's, which is high, right? I mean, you know, it's really around 8,500 around here. Maybe in some of the bigger cities, maybe it gets to 10, but it just depends. But it's a little bit high from what I see, but it's a nice, easy number to work, do in your head, right? So if she's got $10,000 of care once a month, uh, every month, for 12 months, she's got a $120,000 long-term care cost bill for the year, right? So what do we do? We're at three years. I mean, this is a problem. We're supposed to be in there for five. We only are there at three, and now we're in the nursing home. The nursing home once paid. What the heck are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we're not going to do. What we're not going to do is file a 10-care application. Why? If we file a 10-care application, the day they get it, we have just given them the right to look into our financial history for five years, 60 months. And what they're going to be looking for is, did you ever give anything away for less than market value? Well, what are they going to find in that five years? Well, three years, they're going to say, okay, three years ago, you gave $700,000 to this trust. And they're right. That is a divestment. We have gifted that to the trust because the trust didn't pay us $700,000 for it. If it did, she'd have those assets, right? So we divested her of $700,000 the day we moved it into the trust. Now the five-year clock was ticking. She only gets to three, and she goes into the nursing home. So the question is, what, you know, what are we going to do? Well, I say we're not going to file this 10 application because if they look back in five years, you know, in fact, three years, they're going to see $700,000 transfer. Divided by the Tennessee Divestment Penalty Divisor, which right now is $7,090.12 per month, uh, 7090.12, round that off to seven, they're going to come up with a number of 100 months for a penalty period. <laughs> I mean, it's like 20 years, 18 years. I mean, we're not, there's no planning there at all. I mean, that's a disaster. We don't want to do that. So, you know, our planning says, okay, we're not going to file a 10-care application. So what are we going to do? Well, what we're going to do is we're de we've decided we were going to private pay for two years to get to year number five. So how are we going to do that? Well, all right. I told you Mary, not Mary, Martha gets $20,000 a year in income, right? Now, a single person like her, a non-married person, they get all the income. All the income goes to the cost of care. That's written directly in the Medicaid Act as adopted by the 10-Care Act. So there's nothing we can do. I think you've probably heard me say that if you're married, it's possible to shift the income of the institutionalized spouse to the healthy spouse, depending on how much it is. But we can we can save some of that. But when you're those are the spousal impoverishment rules. But when you're when you're single, there's no healthy spouse at home to keep from impoverishing. So those rules are taken away from us, right? So all the income goes to cost of care. So if her bill is one hundred twenty thousand dollars. And we're at year three. How are we going to pay for year number four? Well, here's how we're going to do it. They get $20,000 of her income. And so we decided to cash out her IRA, which was a $100,000 IRA, and pay the nursing home with it. And we did. So now we got $120,000. We paid the nursing home. So now we are up to year number four, are we not? Now the question is, we got to pay for one more year. But if you look at it, how are we going to do that? There's no money except for what's in the trust, right? The RA wasn't in it. We just spent that. So there's no money except what's in the trust. What's to do? Stay with me. 
we're again for next year they get twenty thousand dollars of income, right? Because in, all the income goes to the cost of care. Now what we're going to do is we're going to exercise our unlimited lifetime distribution of principal. That's that indirect access, the back door I told you about. And we're going to distribute $100,000 out of that Edward Jones account. Remember, it had $300,000 in it, so we're going to take 100 out and give it to the son. Okay. Now, we give it to the son, and the son's going to turn around and go pay the nursing home for us. Between that 100000 and the income, we've just paid for year number five. So now we're at year number five. So now, now we're going to file the 10-care application because now they're going to look back five years and they're not going to see the transfer. I mean, they'll see it, but there's nothing they can do about it because remember that 60 months is jurisdictional, which means it's not 60 months in a day. It means it's not 60 months in an hour. If we file the application and it's more than 60 months, then there's nothing they can do about it because their jurisdiction, they can only impose a penalty period in that jurisdictional 60 months that begins the day they receive the 10-care application. So this will be outside of it. We go to great length to make sure when we file it, we are outside of it. And now what's going to happen? Well, Martha's going to be approved, and she's going to be approved quick. Why? She doesn't have anything, right? She put it all into a trust. It is not available to her. The only way she can get it is through that back door. But it, that's not considered available as far as TenCare is concerned. Because we have taken $700,000 of countable assets, of which we're only allowed to have 2000 of, and we turned them into a non-countable asset because she doesn't have access to it. They're still, they're still in a trust for her benefit, but she has no access to it. So therefore, TenCare can't get access to it because she doesn't have it. So, how, so now we're at year five, and they're gonna, she's going to qualify. Now TenCare will pay her bill every month for the rest of her life. And what is the effect of that? At death, seven now now let's go back up a little bit. We had it we started out with eight hundred thousand dollars, right? If Mary would have stayed out of the nursing home for five years, all of that, the trust says all of, everything I own at my death goes to my son. He would have gotten all that, eight hundred thousand dollars. But since she had to spend some of it, we spent two hundred thousand. So now she's only got six hundred left. Remember, now she got the four hundred thousand dollar house. She got two hundred thousand left in the Edward Jones account, and we don't have the IRA anymore. So we got six hundred thousand dollars. We started with eight hundred. We ended up with six hundred thousand. That's seventy five percent of the assets have are going to go to the son now, unencumbered by any creditor, including TenCare. They are forever barred from penetrating that trust. And all of that, at her death, whenever that is, will go to their son. Now, let's think about that. We saved 75% of all the assets, and we didn't even make our goal of five years. Now, I'm picking on Martha, and I'm doing it lovingly, but she dropped the ball. She completely blew the goal and had her stroke at three years. And so, but she still... Even though she completely missed the goal of five years, we still protected 75% of her assets. Now, compare that to not doing the trust at all and all those things being exposed. Okay? Mary lived a long time, if I remember right. Several years. So she racked up a pretty good bill. All of that would have been exposed to her property, and she'd have private paid and private paid and private paid until she had nothing left. And then she'd be eligible. 
But it didn't happen this way because we made it unavailable by putting it in the trust. Again, if she'd have stayed out for five years, we'd have protected it all. That's the goal. But if we fall short, look how good we turn out, and we fell short. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. I get Maybe I'm talking fast again because I'm getting fired up about it. But I think you can start to see how this is the, an extremely powerful, powerful tool for protecting property. So when we say asset protection, we're just not buzzwords and like to hear ourselves talk. We are talking about asset protection. And that's the way we want to do it. So that is a grand result for Miss Martha. Uh, and, it, you know, everything was there to go to the sun and she got the care she needed. And so, you know, and even another thing we do with these trusts is, you know, it hasn't it doesn't go to the sun until death, but it's still in the trust the whole time she's alive. So if ever Martha needed anything, let's say Martha needed a private room. Well, TenCare doesn't pay for private rooms. If you want one, you got to pony up a little every month and pay for it. Well, the son had money in that trust to do that. Because, you know, it, that, that's his inheritance someday. But goal number one is taking care of mom, taking care of Martha. And he did. So he enhanced her quality of life by using some of her money to make her life better. Get her a private room, pay for a private sitter, uh, get her eye, you know, get her get her some earbuds to listen to the audio books. I mean, you name it. Stuff that TenCare won't pay for, he can pay for. TenCare is paying the lion's share of the bill. He's just putting in a little every month for the amenities. And that means that money's going to last a long, long time going that way. So the effect is phenomenal, even though we don't make the five years. So it's very, very powerful. All right, so we're going to continue talking about this because what I want to do is I want to go over a little more about how, you know, the effect of this. I want to make sure we drive this point home because we've been talking about this asset protection trust a lot. And now we're, we're seeing how it works. And I want to make sure, you know, the, the time we invested and you invested in listening to this, it all comes together and hits home we're, how this thing's going to work and how it can protect everything you own. Your nest egg, your entire lifetime of wealth accumulation does not have to be spent on the cost of care. You can protect it all. You just have to do it this way. So, all right. So I'm going to, we're coming up on break number two. And when we come back, I'm going to continue with this asset protection trust. It'll probably take us to the end. And we'll do that after the break. So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we will be right back. This is Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. Here are some of the questions I get asked. Can I protect my child's inheritance from a divorce? Can I protect my children's inheritance from creditors or lawsuits? What if my child has a drug or alcohol problem? Can I protect their inheritance from that habit? What if I have a special needs child that cannot own property? The answer is yes. Call me at 931-363-7222 for one of my family vision meetings. Your family will thank you. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? 
Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Let's talk about antique versus vintage jewelry. Did you know antique jewelry is over 100 years old and vintage is 50 to 100 years? Tillis Jewelry, located downtown Columbia, has a wonderful collection from Georgian, Victorian, Edwardian, and Art Deco. We select every piece for their timeless beauty. Stop by and select your favorite piece. Jewelry to last a lifetime. Remember, Tillis Jewelry, your antique and vintage jewelry store. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. All right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning. I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. Now, we are going to finish this up in the last segment of the concept of this asset protection trust. We've just gone through a real-life example, and we have done, we have saved 75% of the assets of somebody that didn't didn't stay out of the nursing home for five years. They went in after three. So 
that's a bad situation, and it turned out to be a pretty rosy result, even though we missed the goal. So uh, that's how powerful this is. <clears throat> now, that so you can see when I say that this income-only asset protection trust is as close as I can get you to having your cake and eating it too, well, now you see it, right? You know, I tell you, you got to put this stuff in trust and leave it there. That's one thing you have to do. And then you have you can't get access to it. But if you want to get access to it, you can get it through this back door, this uh, lifetime, uh, this um, unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to our heirs. So we can get at it. We just so the bottom line is we put property in here. We got to keep it there. And if we want to get the property out of it, we just have to do it that way. Okay, we can't just willy nilly go in and take the money out and give it to ourselves. That would be a mistake. So. Remember, there's two things that the income-only trust can really protect against for us, okay? One is suffering the penalty period, okay? We know, we know that when we file a 10 care application, we've given them this right to look back into our financial history for five years, right? And again, I said that they're looking for an uncompensated transfer. Well, transferring all those assets into the Asset Protection Trust is. It is an uncompensated transfer. We know that. So when TenCare tells us that, we say, you know, no, no kidding, Sherlock. We know it's a, we know that we did it on purpose. We we intended to do it. So we know it's going to create a penalty period. We are actually triggering this period intentionally on purpose. So somebody says, well, gee, Stan, why would you want to trigger a penalty period on purpose? Well, the reason is we want to get this five-year clock started now. Now, while you're still healthy. We don't want to wait until you go into the nursing home and then we'd have to live with the five years before that time. Do you, do you see the difference? So if you are between age of 50 and 65, and I just kind of picked those numbers out of thin air, if you're between 50 and 65, um, I think that's a prime time to be doing this trust. And here's why. here's my thought process. If you're between those ages, you're kind of getting to the end of our working career, if not already there. We've already amassed a lifetime of wealth. We're kind of thinking about long-term care. And statistically, we're still pretty healthy. So if we do this asset protection trust in that time frame, statistically, the five years is in the bag, right? I mean, I know anything can happen. You can stroke out. You can hit by a bus. But, you know, statistically, you probably got about a 95 or 98% chance of making the five years. That is a big advantage because then everything in there, your your nest egg, your land, your big accounts are forever protected. And we found out what happened if you don't do that. But that's why we get protected from this five-year period. We want to get it started now. Not the five-year period where they actually do look back. And that's the one that starts when you file the application. The second protection we get from the Asset Protection Trust is from 10-care estate recovery. After five years, 10Care cannot do the penalty period, and after we pass away, they will be barred from reaching the assets in the, in the trust just like any other creditor. Okay, They can't get at it with doing a state recovery. So when you look at what we can do with this, here's another thing. When you look at what we can do with this trust, you know, don't look at like the cost of the income-only asset protection trust. You, you really need to look at the cost of not having one. I mean, just like Martha in this example, what was it worth for her to not even make the full five years and still protect $600,000 of her estate? 
75%. What would, I mean, I think it would be worth a lot to her, right? I mean, just think about the consequences of not having this kind of asset protection. I mean, just ask yourself this question. What's the cost of your $250,000 home if it's lost to health care? Now, at $8,500 a month, which is the average around here, it's not going to take long to rack up a $250,000 bill that would consume that house. I mean, and the cost of this house going to health care is twofold. One, not only is the house gone, but it's not you don't have it to give to your kids either. You don't have it for them to inherit. So, you know, you need to decide. I mean, I'm not here to talk you into anything, and I'm not here to talk you out of anything. If you think it's worth it to keep your life savings out of the hands of the nursing home, you know, then give me a call and make an appointment. We'll talk about this thing. If you don't, then don't. Okay? But don't here, don't procrastinate. You know, I've been writing these trusts for years now, and I think they truly are what I call this the ultimate secret to avoid going broke in the nursing home. So don't take a chance. Remember this five-year period. Remember, it used to be three years, and now it's five. So we have to worry about that changing. I mean, this is a win-win situation. Think about Martha. In Martha's case, I like to say, head, she, head you in, but tails, you, you kind of don't lose. Okay? So I think you'll see how powerful this is. It's a great tool. We do a lot of them. Uh, I think everybody needs these because I, I, I can't help but coming to the conclusion that once you go through this example— and once you see what this can do and what little you have to really give up to make this work, you have to come to the conclusion, the inescapable conclusion that that who wouldn't do an income-only asset protection trust, right? I mean, I don't say that because we do them. I mean, that's kind of what got me in the business of doing them in the first place. This is a grand tool. It's underutilized. It is, it is not used very often out there with the public. I wish I had an answer to that. I mean, I do a lot of them, but I hardly put a dent in it, really, when you think about it. But, um, you know, it's underutilized, so use it. This is, this is the trust law that our Tennessee jurisprudence has given us to work with. You know, we can do this under the Deficit Reduction Act, the Catastrophic Illness Act. We are allowed to do this. So I say, you know, let's go whole hog and get what's coming to us, right? I mean, why not? Why don't do this? But if you procrastinate and wait till somebody goes into the home, now the trust is not the best tool anymore. Why? The trust takes five years, and if somebody's already in the home, we don't have five years because you're already there. You see? In that case, we got to flip the switch and go into crisis planning, which is grand tools too. But why not avail ourselves of an additional tool, which is the asset protection planning trust? And then if you do go in a nursing home, then we they also have the crisis tools. we got the best of both worlds that way. So, hey, you know, I think it's great. The more you hear about it, the more you think about it, the more I think you'll think it's great too. So, listen, I'm about out of time. So, if you like what I heard this week or if what I have talked about has piqued your interest, you know, I'm glad about that. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of these things, and that's my mission. My mission is to get the message out, and that message is when it comes to estate planning, you have options. You have got lots and lots of options. So if you have any questions about your own family circumstances, hey, I am more than happy to take the time to answer. All you got to do is call my office. Call me at 931-363-7222, or you can go to my website. My website is Estate Plan Stan. That's E-S-T-A-T-E-P-L-A-N-S-T-A-N. Real easy to remember, estateplanstan.com. 
and you can set up one of my 15-minute phone calls. That way, when you set that up, when we make that phone call, my time and attention is dedicated to your questions. Uh, seminars coming up. We just had one today. So next week, I will have what the next seminar coming up is. Remember, I always say doing nothing has a predictable result. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy doing it. I'll be back on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, next Saturday night at 7 o'clock p.m. for the next episode of Bulletproof Estate Planning. And I am Estate Plan Stan. See you next week. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Tennessee has lots of buried pipelines, so it's important to know the signs of a leak, like if you smell unusual odors or hear hissing, see bubbling earth or water, or dead or dying vegetation. Some signs are even harder to miss, like dirt being blown into the air, a frost ball in an open field, or a flame coming from the ground. If you see any of these signs, don't wait. Leave the area immediately and call 911 or your pipeline company. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Okay, fellas, game's on the line. Let's get it right. Frank, you were closest. Was it fair or foul? Uh, I don't know. I was distracted. Distracted? By what? Well, you know, it's a loud crowd. These lights are awful bright. I just won big on a Tennessee lottery instant game. And again, the lighting here. Somebody ought to say something. You've got new instant games? Yeah. Enough to share? Of course. Fair ball! 
Have a ball with new instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. With the new hot games from the Tennessee Lottery, cold hard cash is waiting.